Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, it's Wednesday, the 24th of January. I'm Miranda Sawyer, and I'm the new leader of the Sweary Parrot Gang. Welcome back to Papercuts, the modern newspaper review, where we carefully categorise every article in every newspaper, scrutinise the information, assess the writing style, check the biases, feed each one through our special culture war machine and decide which pieces are worthy of your attention. We're the true data analysts of Fleet Street and that's why we're so loved. We're out every weekday, Monday to Friday, so why not subscribe and you'll never miss an episode. Now, here are the headlines for today's show. Have you got the receipt? Tory party wants yet another new leader because the one they've got's not working. Barmy army, are you ready to be called up for your country? Thought not. And it's all about the pictures, how to write a feature by an actual Guardian feature writer. Welcome to Papercuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Papercuts, where we've already banged out 800 words on the Margot Robbie Oscar snub. I'm Miranda Sawyer, and making his debut appearance on the show is Guardian journalist and trying not to be mobile phone addict, it's Rick Samada. Hello, Rick. <laughs> That's me trying to be a parrot. <laughs> I don't know what noise. you just got to swear more. <laughs> and making his umpteenth appearance on the show is creator of Roger Le Carre and trying not to be Twix addict, it's Fergus Craig. Hi, Ferg. Hi, guys. So what have we got on the front pages today? Rick, we've given you all the lovely broadsheets. What have you got? <laughs> so uh, any day you wake up to Tory infighting is a good day. And mm. The Telegraph today leads with oust Sunak or Tories will go extinct. This is a, <laughs> a broadside from Sir Simon Clark, who I had to write his name down. I don't know who he is. He has written this sort of pretty spicy broadside against Rishi Sunak, saying that Rishi Sunak has gone from asset to anchor and the Tories must oust him or face electoral massacre. Aha, we're going to talk about this later. And below that, we also have Army Chief Public Face Call-Up if UK goes to war. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get into. Uh, the Guardian has PM warns of more attacks in Yemen as crisis grows. And a lovely picture of Emma Stone and Kerry Mulligan, both up for Best Actress at the Oscars. The Eye also has UK prepares for prolonged battle with Yemen rebels. Fun, fun, fun. Uh, the Times, grieving mother faces monstrous triple killer. Oh, that's very sad. And what it's like to take a dementia test. Mm, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I read that. I can't remember anything about it. Uh, what have you got, Ferg? Uh, I've got the Daily Mirror, which has the verdict just came out after that uh, attack in uh, Nottingham from a few months ago. Uh, Grace died trying to protect her friend. 
the Sun has the same story, Monster and Coward. And the Daily Mail has mm. it as well. In God's name, why wasn't he stopped? Mm. Uh, then at the top, they have uh, Paul McKenna. How can you think yourself successful in seven simple steps? Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Paul. I wish you'd told me 20 years ago. <laughs> and uh, the Daily Star has a, a woman who has called in the lawyers mm. over DNA shenanigans. She claims that she is footy god Pele's secret daughter and has asked for his body to be exhumed. Uh. Exhume <laughs> Pele to prove he's my dad. That seems reasonable. What if it turns out he's my dad? <laughs> <laughs> now, on the front page of The Telegraph today is an eye-catching banner story. It's a plea from Tory MP Sir Simon Clarke, an ex-cabinet minister, apparently... Who knew? For his party to sort himself out before the election, he has a cunning plan about how to do this. Rick, what is Simon Clark suggesting? So Simon Clark is suggesting that if the Tory party has any hope of survival, they need to select a new leader. We Great. need a change of leader, a prime minister who shares the instincts of the majority and is willing to lead the country in the right direction. So basically, he's opting for a, a vote of no confidence in Rishi Sunak. It's kind of amazing, isn't it? So what they want, I mean, I think we've had how many three prime ministers in 18 months, something like that? He wants another one before we have the election. I think it's been 18 in three months, but yeah. I'm not sure of those numbers. <laughs> but he wants another one because he's not happy with the one he's got. He's going to want to take it back. Yes, we're once again throwing all the toys out of the pram in the uh, Tory party. So it's a very spicy broadside. So he says in this piece, he's written in the Telegraph, I know many MPs are afraid another change of leader would look ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But what could be more ridiculous than sleepwalking towards an avoidable annihilation because we are not willing to listen to what the public is telling us so clearly? Yeah, yep. exactly. What the public is saying to us so clearly is that we need a new Tory leader, despite the fact that we haven't actually voted for any like in the last, like, you know, I mean, when was the last one we voted for? We voted for, well, one, one voted for, not me. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, Boris Johnson. Since mm -hmm. then, obviously, uh, Liz Truss, Rishi Sunak, and now he wants another. I think that they've got sort of the opposite problem to the sugar babes, <laughs> which is that the sugar babes kept on changing the personnel yeah. to the point where they were no longer really the sugar babes. It's true. But the Conservative Party it doesn't matter how much they change the personnel, they will still be the Conservative Party. And that is their fundamental problem at the moment. They're just not what people are buying in 2024. No, it's very true. Yeah, they've, they've fallen out of fashion. Although uh, Sir Simon Clark, I do like the idea that he's a sir and we've literally never heard of him. He was apparently Cabinet Secretary. He used to work under Rishi Sunak. Like, yes, he was number two at the Treasury, I believe, so you can well, you smell well. a downward trajectory. Yes, you keep saying you've never heard of him. I actually knew him quite well, so <laughs> maybe I take following current affairs seriously. <laughs> but this is what he's saying. I love this quote for him. Our country, with all the challenges we face, is on the brink of being run by Keir Starmer's Labour for a decade or more. To which you just go, <laughs> But I love the use of our country. Our country, the Tories' country, the Telegraph's country. That's mm. like that's the point. They did a, a survey in the Telegraph, didn't they, where they asked the question. This is what his whole sort of thesis is based on. Mm. They asked the question, uh, would you rather have Keir Starmer or Rishi Sunak? And then they asked the question, would you rather have Keir Starmer or 
a new Tory leader who went with core conservative values. Yeah, this mythical person that they've just got somewhere. Yeah. It's a slightly deal or no deal situation where it's, do you want this box of things I'm telling you is bad or this other box, which is a sort of mystery new leader who's great. I don't know. I can't name that person. Yeah, but they're there. There's one in there for sure. And whatever you think core conservative values are, that's what they'll do. (laughs) Whatever that means. It's very odd. I mean, because that poll came out of... David Frost. David Frost seems to be behind this weird poll that The Telegraph mentioned about a week ago, which essentially showed that if we had an election like tomorrow, the Tories would be wiped out. There would be go from about 350 MPs to 169, complete wipeout. And this is what's got them all panicking. And so that's why they're deciding that they, you know, well, this one lad... <laughs> good old lad, <laughs> Simon Clark, is deciding they should get rid of it. Anyway, they've got the... Um, the Telegraph has a piece inside also on the runners and riders of who could be the new Tory leader. Who are they suggesting, Ferg? Uh, right. At the top of the list is uh, Kemi Badenoch, 44. Mm. Her odds are three to one. Her height is five foot seven. No, it doesn't have heights. <laughs> it just has ages for some reason. I don't yeah. know why. Kemi Badenoch. People like her, don't they? Mm. You know, some people like her. She's... People are projecting their hopes and dreams onto her. Uh, Penny Mordant. A lot 50. of Telegraph readers like her. Five to one. Work. Mm. She looked good in the coronation. Yeah. Suella Braverman. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Need a panto villain. Yeah. 43, 11 to two. James Not So Cleverly, 54, seven to one. I can't believe he's on that. But anyway, whatever. You know, they've got anyone, haven't they? Lord Cameron at 20 to one. Oh, yeah. We tried him. (laughs) He left. Nigel Farage. We haven't tried him yet. No, and he's not a Tory, but never mind. (laughs) That's a particularly strong (laughs) flavour. He's 20 to 1. And then Boris fucking Johnson is uh, (laughs) 25 to 1. God, it's like herpes, isn't it? Yeah. It just comes round and round. He never disappears, ever. Does that, is that, what what happens with herpes? (laughs) Never leaves the system. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought I got rid of it. I don't know. (laughs) Now, also on the front page of The Telegraph is a jolly little piece about the state of our armed forces. The head of the army, Sir Patrick Sanders, is going to make an interesting speech today in Twickenham at the International Armed Vehicles Conference, which does sound like a lot of tanks in a circle talking about their feelings. But anyway, Sir Patrick has told the Telegraph what he's going to say. Is he a colonel? I don't know. One can only dream. Mm, Fergus, what is he going to talk about? It's time to get ready for war. War. He's going to use the speech to stress the need for the government to mobilise the nation. <laughs> get oh ready. God. In the event of a conflict with Russia, which sounds quite scary. I was listening to Radio 4 this morning and they said that it's, it's now two years that the war has been going on in Ukraine, which is half the length of the First World War. Mm. And... Obviously, there's been a lot of deaths. It's all been horrible. And it said that there's been $50 billion worth of damage. But then it occurred to me, that's not that much. That's like that's like half an HS2. <laughs> yeah. So, so you're ma- saying invest more? I'm saying like maybe a war could be a cost-saving measure. <laughs> that seems a little extreme. <laughs> anyway, he's saying that we have to be prepared for war with Russia within the next 20 years. Yeah. And because the 
numbers in the armed forces are so low, we should all be prepared to fight, basically. Another admiral said that nations should be prepared to find more people if needed and consider mobilisation, reservists or conscription. Conscription, can I just say? Okay, so Patrick doesn't actually suggest conscription, but he thinks there should be a shift in our mindset, the British people's mindsets, where we think more like troops. (laughs) 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 Let's go out on a piss, lads. (laughs) That's what I always think they think like. But am I wrong? But if we're talking about uh, 20 years' time, then current adults aren't, won't be eligible. So, so we're actually, right. So children are the ones who should be on a war footing at this point. Oh, uh, OK. That's the takeaway. Children are quite often on a war footing, <laughs> <laughs> I've found. Ideal conscripts. Yeah. yeah, they are pretty good. I mean, you could just give them a load of Nerf guns, let them make them march up and down in the playground. They'd be fine. No? They could be good. If they like conkers, they'll love grenades. They will, definitely. Um, Anyway, he's got... So Patrick has got a bit of a track record saying this kind of stuff. In 2022, he said the UK was facing its 1937 moment and Britain should be ready to fight and win against Russia. So at the moment... There's not enough troops. There's army troops of 75 grand, navy just 29,000. So few, they're having to decommission a couple of ships because they haven't got enough people to go on there. So... Um, this year, they're meant to recruit 9,813 people to the armed services, but they only got 5,000. So they're not doing that well. And so they changed. They said, OK, look, we're not getting enough people. So they've changed the rules a bit. So now you can join with visible tattoos, hay fever or a record of asthma. Was hay fever a way of getting out of being <laughs> the army? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Could you avoid so. the draft route that? <laughs> Sure. Sorry, I, 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 I would have fought in the Second World War, but I had hay fever, <laughs> so I stayed at home. Now here at Papercuts, headlines are like music to our ears. Or is it our eyes? Anyway, we like the look of them, we like the sound of them, and we especially like the ones based on old pop hits that we have to explain to Adam, the intern. Do we have any singy-songy ones today, Ferg? Have we got any singy-songy ones? Uh, yes, I've got the Daily Star here, and uh, they've got quite a funny story about Status Quo have re-recorded one of their classic hits, Rocking All Over the World, for M&S. They've changed... <laughs> They've changed the lyrics. Oh, here we are at M&S and here we go. Remarkable value means that prices are low. (laughs) (laughs) And this has angered some of their fans on social media. Can't believe status quo have sold out like this. I don't like it. And the headline is, I don't like it, I don't like it, don't like it. I don't like it. (laughs) That's quite good. Okay, Adam, we will explain later. What else have you got, Ferg? Uh, another one in the star. Apparently, um, presumably we've learnt this from boffins, dogs can be allergic to humans. What? Uh, and it works both ways. And the headline is, why dogs feel woof. Uh, rough, as in rough, woof. rough, woof. Woof. That is rough. Why dogs feel woof. <laughs> <laughs> you really sold well, <laughs> What? Is this on? <laughs> Why dogs feel woof. <laughs> and uh, the Daily Mirror has a story about the feminists whining mm. about the fact that Barbie has been snubbed, or more specifically, Margot Robbie was not nominated for Best Actor, whereas... 
uh, Ryan Gosling was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. The headline is Barbed Ayer. Yes, I'm full mm. of Barbed Ayer about this. Are you? I think she should have been nominated. She single-handedly saved the whole film industry and she should get a nod. I mean, you know, she it's quite hard acting like a doll, as Ryan knows. Anyway, she should have been nominated. It is a disgrace. Um, Rick, what do you have? So The Sun has news of a new service that we can now press the cremated remains of a deceased loved ones into a 12 or 7 inch record. Uh, <laughs> That's quite sweet, is it? Is it? Is it? Mm. Is um, it? Anyway, they've gone with the headline Vinyl Resting Place. That's quite good. I wonder if you can choose the song. Can you choose the song? What have they got for cho- for choices of uh, songs you might use? So the Sun have a Ray from the Grave top ten, uh, <laughs> Ashes to Ashes, David Bowie, perfect. You spin me right round, Dead or Alive, also <laughs> very on point. Don't fear the Reaper, Blue Oyster Cult, optimistic, Disco Inferno, I'm on Fire, uh, Bruce Springsteen. It's getting hot in here, Nelly. <laughs> <laughs> Great Balls of Fire, The Heat Is On, Hot Stuff by Donna Summer, and in at ten. Relight My Fire by Take That. Oh, that's quite sweet, isn't it? <laughs> is I'd like it, if it was just it? like, your daddy loves you very much. <laughs> <laughs> over and over. <laughs> okay, so you've got, next one is page 27. So on page 27 of The Sun, we have the story of a fire chief who's being investigated over claims that he lied about having a master's degree in order to secure his £180,000 a year job. Ooh. And they've gone with the headline, Fireman Sham. That's pretty good. That's pretty pretty on the nose. Yes. That's a lot of money. Should we swap jobs? (laughs) (laughs) He's not just a fireman. He's a chief of firemen. He's a chief. It's a top role. So Wayne Brown has claimed to have a Master of Administration degree, which he has since quietly removed from his LinkedIn profile. (laughs) (laughs) Because it doesn't exist. (laughs) Uh, And also the information that he's apparently also claimed to have been a former Charlton Athletic pro footballer. This sort of quite artisanal also... lying. Yes, I don't know if that's on his LinkedIn, but... <laughs> now, it's time for the place in the papers where Rick and I feel happy and beloved. The vitally important fluff and fun of the features pages. That warm place where journalists get to write up the time they sat in a hotel room for 45 minutes trying to get a celebrity to talk to them, or that other time they spent a day in a shopping centre dressed in a fat suit. Or the whole month they've been taking to reduce their mobile phone usage. Rick, this is what you've been doing, isn't it? It is what I've been doing, yes. Well, uh, we featured your first piece about this, actually, in the first week of uh, January. We loved it. And you're now on to your fourth piece about this in The Guardian. Yeah, so this is a weekly diary I'm writing in uh, The Guardian. Guardian US actually commissioned this. They came to me with this idea as part of this uh, Reclaim Your Brain newsletter The Guardian are running about mm. how we can all reduce our phone usage. And it really chimed with me because I did notice, like everyone, that my life is entirely run by my phone now. I feel Mm. like a sort of minor employee in my own kind of life company and my phone is calling (laughs) all the shots. And I do feel addicted to my phone. I'm on it all the time. Um, And I really hated that feeling. I realised once I thought about it, how much I'm on my phone. It's a horrible feeling to realise that we're all addicted 
to our phones all the time. And I thought, is there a way to break this? And have you found, because what I find with features that are quite interesting is if I go back over the features that I've written in my life, <laughs> which are many, um, that are, they kind of reflect the point I am at in my life. So you, if you if you interview somebody, you sometimes slip in a few questions that you're not sure about, you know, like, oh, could you just solve this part of my life? And the, with this one, you're genuinely feeling addicted to your phone. Having gone through these four weeks so far, so the first week you just decided you were going to, like, finish your phone. You were on WhatsApp yes. for six hours, which I still cannot believe. Well, it's quite... Uh, yeah, I was on WhatsApp for six hours because you can see all, all your stats on the sort of digital so wellness. So that per day? That's per day. Six hours a day I was on WhatsApp just firing off gifts and jokes and... How did you get anything else done, though? Six hours is so long. Well, I'm a freelance features journalist, so it's all part <laughs> so of my process. <laughs> That's the problem. So much of our work now does involve being on a phone. So there's very little, there's very little boundaries between what's pleasure and what's work. So you can sort of let anything pass under the wire. Yeah, you do both kind of thing. So you went all hardcore in the first week, but by this week, you'd given your phone a bedtime. Yes, yeah, so I'm plugging my phone into the into the the, the wall in my front room. And uh, after a certain point, 10 p.m., if I want to use my phone, I can, but I have to go to the wall where it's plugged in and sort of stand over it. <laughs> and um, at one point you found yourself just standing over it for a while, didn't you? Yeah. You, so you didn't want to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I just stood in like a horse in a stable. I just stood in the corner of my room all night. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it's working, though? It has been working, which is quite interesting. So I was sort of sceptical because at first it was very difficult. So I did this thing where I put my phone onto grayscale. So to make it less appealing to me, all the apps are now in grey, Instagram's in grey. But the terrifying thing was that I realised my brain was filling in the colours. So I was looking at the screen and I was seeing the green of WhatsApp Ooh. and the, the rainbow of Instagram. And So our brains can sort of just, they know what to expect. So you just start to see the colours after a while, which is terrifying. But then it did start to work. After a few weeks of doing this, uh, I have become less compulsively drawn to my phone. And the upshot has been that I don't know what anyone is talking about in any conversation I have. Oh, that's so funny, point. isn't it? Well, you can just drop in, no? Drop in and go, oh, what's everyone talking about? And drop out again? like a... Yeah, but that's not high cultural value in a conversation <laughs> to be the what's going on guy if everyone's seven steps ahead of you in the news or the joke. Can I just talk about the pictures that you have to have taken? Because Please. this is the bane of all features writers' lives, isn't it? Yes. So people don't care about the words. No, so. they really don't. You spend hours writing your feature, sculpting, this is, this sculpting is your beautiful craft. And all they talk about is the ridiculous pictures and they are always ridiculous. They are always ridiculous and they take ages and you have to go to a studio and you feel like a complete idiot. Yes. And you don't get paid for that bit, but it's a bit everyone remembers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've had to, every single piece I write, I have to take some sort of stupid picture, whether I'm wearing a, a pantomime horse's head. I've done one where I was pictured drinking river water through a sort of special straw and I got violently sick off that. Oh my um, God, that's waterboarding though. Yeah, self-waterboarding, that's essentially what my job is. Yeah. Um, I was wrapped in bubble wrap head to toe for a recent feature and just walked around <laughs> East London streets <laughs> like Michelin Man. It's just completely absurd the things you find yourself doing and you also have some experience of this. Yeah, I do, yeah. I, so I wrote a book about midlife crisis and so it was, um, they ran kind of uh, extracts from it in the Daily Mail. So of course I had to have my photo taken in Daily Mail manner. What is that? 
okay, well, you can't wear your normal your normal clothes are not good enough. I thought, <laughs> okay, I'll turn up to the photo session with some heels, and they just completely rejected them because they was they were a bit scuffed and secondhand, and they put me in these absolutely vertiginous heels that I could not move in. And then you have to wear a skirt because it's the Daily Mail, right? That's just, you yes. have to wear this stuff. And then because it was a midlife crisis feature, they'd hide a Ferrari, I mean, a real life <laughs> Ferrari, that I could be photoed, you know, kind of as I was driving, getting in and out with these mad heels and really tight skirt, which is really mm. hard to do. All those women famously buying Ferraris for their midlife yeah, crisis. Yeah, always, always. And then the other <laughs> one was like... fertility conversations. They hired... Um, two young men, two fit young men to stand either side of me <laughs> in with their top, tops off in their jeans and I had to have my photograph taken you know, kind of looking wry and quizzical um, while they were posed next to me and the problem was, because they were young and I obviously was middle-aged, I just looked like I was taking them <laughs> swimming <laughs> it just looked like, come on darlings here's your swimming lesson we, we had a good day though, didn't we Rick? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, next week, for your mobile um, phone piece, you're going to go to the woods, aren't you? I mean, don't tell us what's happening, but mm-hmm. why are you going to the woods? Uh, just because this t- piece has really taken a toll on my mental health. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going full survivalist. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to cut myself off from my rituals, my routines, my habits, to see if that's a, a way of breaking my habits. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Since we've seen you, you've not really been on your phone, so I think you're doing all right. And that's the end of today's paper cuts. Thanks to Rick. Thank you. And thanks to Ferg. Thank you. And as the end of the month is nigh and we can all finally see payday in our sights, why not join the Paper Cut Supporters Club? Just £3 a month gets you ad three episodes and special extended editions, plus the chance to feel smug and get your hands on some fabulous Paper Cuts merchandise, such as a lovely T-shirt or divine mug. I've been Miranda Sawyer and you've been listening to Papercuts on a day when the Save Happisburg Action Group, fighting to save their village from the sea, has had to change its group because its acronym, SHAG, wasn't being taken seriously. Although their new name, Save Happisburg Immediately Tories, might need some more workshopping. See you tomorrow. Hey, that spells shit! (laughs) (laughs) So, Ziggy Stardust and David Bowie are the same person? Oh. Paper Cuts is written and presented by Miranda Sawyer with Rick Samada and Fergus Craig. Audio production and music are from Simon Williams. Production from Liam Tate and assistant production and ignorance of our 80s music from me, Adam Wright. Designed by James Parrott. Socials by Jess Harpin, Kieran Leslie and Mike Bolland. The managing editor is Jacob Jarvis. The group editor is Andrew Harrison and the executive producer is Martin Boytosh. Paper Cuts is a Podmasters production. 